Hello and welcome. My name is Mark Blatstein, and I'm the physician who created Physician Pre-Sentence Report Service. Today I'm covering White Collar Defense. We're here, you're the target of the FBI. And the five areas where you must advocate for yourself. These, th these are the things that I learned. I just learned them too late. But so you don't make your mistakes and regrets. Preparation is survival. These are the five topics I'm, I'd like to cover. First, is that you're going to need an attorney. When you start meeting attorneys, ask for references. And when you're asking for references, don't be shy. When you meet them, see if you can ask to see several of their memorandums. And if they ask why or they tell you that they're confidential, please respond that um, you're sure that they have several happy clients that would be willing to speak with you for a minute or so. As an example, I had hip surgery, but before I had the surgery, I asked the doc if I could speak to a couple of patients and they gave me phone numbers that, you know, they called me back a couple of days later, but I was able to speak with them. Regarding the memorandums, the attorney, all they have to do if they say, well, it's personal information, it's private. Just say you can't. You can just black them out or redact them so that they you can't see anything. And here your goal is to see if they're individually done, meaning that when you can see a few of them, if they all look the same, then that really is not going to work for you. They're more or less boilerplate. You want to see if they're each written individually, highlighting different parts of the law. Second. Next, you and your attorney are going to have to make a pretty quick decision here. First, be honest with them about everything. Another lesson learned. I wasn't honest. Plus, I was probably lying to myself or I just wouldn't face it. But understand that should you choose trial, because your options are going to be trial or plea, 98% of the cases go to uh, wind up pleading or are guilty. But if you go to trial and win, congratulations. Fourth, so now you're at the position where you're going to have to prepare or begin preparing for the pre-sentence interview. You only have 90 days, and that time is going to fly. You do not have a lot of time unless you have extenuating circumstances. And so you and your attorney are going to each going to be in overdrive, proaction, proactive mode. You have several jobs you have to do. The first set's going to be any copies of all your medical records, everything. All your hospital records, blood values, x-ray, physician, surgery copies, actual prescriptions of the medications you're on. If there are a few, all of them. If there are a lot, all of them. If you're on any medical devices, if you have a prosthetic leg, if you're on orthotics, if you're taking the medications, you may want, if you're self-surrendering, you may want to go in with an extra month, like a month supply of each in its original prescription bottle with the original prescriptions from the doctor. For additionally, you want to have copies of all your highest grade you ever finished, whether it's a GED, a high school, or your physician lawyer, or your highest level in the military branch you are in, whether you're honorably or dishonorably discharged, if you've done community service, 
If you have work references, copies of birth certificate, driver's license, social security card, etc., you get the picture. Your attorney should on their own at the same time, as soon as possible, be reaching out to the probation officer. It's very important. They need to connect with them before the probation officer has the opportunity to connect with the prosecutor. Because once they connect with the prosecutor, they may be tainted regarding you, the client. And so they need to learn when the final dictation date is for the pre-sentence report. And they need to know this so that they can get in front of, again, the probation officer who is going to be doing the pre-sentence interview and then writing your pre-sentence report. And they don't want, they want to intervene in this process before the the prosecutor can taint what the probation officer may or may not already know. And they're going to set up the interview. So be be prepared because the the probation officer is going to interview you. And based on your interview, they are going to go ahead and write the pre-sentence report. At the same time, you're going to be preparing your personal narrative. And that's going to take every day of those three months. And you're going to need to know it cold. And it's going to take multiple drafts, three, four, five rewriting drafts to get it done. So what does the pre-sentence report do? What does it impact? Ultimately, it impacts your release date. Um, Stakeholders, you're going to learn two terms. Stakeholders, these are the people that are responsible for people who are justice impacted that are called criminals, which is what we are. And you'll be a criminal like I am before you go to jail, while you're in jail, and after you come out forever. Stakeholders are the people in Congress that draft the laws, the courts, down to the director of the Federal Bureau of Prisons, down to the your unit teams that are in prison. We'll go through that at a later time. Case managers, halfway house, all those people that are responsible for you. They all get a hold of this pre-sentence report, and they're going to get an idea of who you are. Security level, it will dictate where you go. Medical, mental health care needs, it will dictate what kind of care you get. Psychology programs are very limited for some of them. There's a very limited availability. If you go and look at the podcast through the podcast channel, there are actually links here. Or good works right goes directly to my website, or you can go directly to my website. <clears throat> First step back programming is meant to spin off of what's called a risk assessment, which was developed through the First Step Act, and it's meant to address our criminogenic needs. Essentially, the theory goes that. We are to rehabilitate in federal prison, and we need to take these classes. And as we successfully complete these classes, it will go ahead and reduce our time in prison up to one year off our sentence. And if you refuse to uh, take these classes, you will get no time off your sentence. So it behooves you to take the classes. 
Next, we drop down to the fifth thing we need to do, which is your personal narrative. And your personal narrative is a deep dive into how you got to this, this point in life. It's your time to speak directly to the judge. And you need to sit down and describe your story from a childhood up until this point. And you need to do it with yourself through the guidance on my website or, you know, through someone that you're going to work with to help put together your own personal narrative. And why is this important if you're still not convinced? Well, I've itemized here what five judges say. We'll start with NACDL, the National Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers, Champion Magazine. Judge Mark Bennett, he, he, this is called allocution, which is a term that's used when you present in court to the judge. And the goal is to get your personal narrative into the pre-sentence report. As that he considers your, per, your sincere demeanor, you need to take full responsibility of what it means to you. <clears throat> a plan that you're going to use in prison through and probation, that you're going to use this time in a productive manner. He may, he may during sentencing, enter into a discussion with you as to why you want to change. Should you want to request a specific placement into a specific facility, he considers that a great idea, but he wants to know why. Through another publication, The Federal Lawyer, where I was published in 2021, this is from another issue, Judge Richard Koff from Nebraska says that one of the best allocutions he ever heard was a, a judge. He said that the defendant said he wanted to atone everything he, for what he did to the victim, victims and to his family. He deserved time. He hurt victims. And that he, when he gets out, he's ready to take these following steps. Another judge, John Levy, in Portland, Maine, said allocution matters. He'll never hold poor communication skills against the defendant. What is important, rather, is that he's pers persuaded that the defendant is sincere and demonstrated insight about the crime. Another judge, Cynthia Bashat in Southern California, they want the person to apologize to the victim and their family, particularly in the courtroom. Just like a parent would scold the child for what they'd done for, that was wrong, they're looking for insight from the defendant. Or... Judge Marsha Krieger from Colorado, District of Colorado in Denver, where she's seen allocution where the defendant has shown that he's sincere and thoughtful about what he is saying. Lastly, it's very important that the attorney or someone prepare the defendant for the allocution or their narrative or conversation before it's made. Judge Krieger ended up saying that she's, it's important to her that the defendant publicly admits his shame, which shows her that he has internalized his crime. So I'll end by saying that 
My phone number is 240-888-7778. All my information is available for free on my website. Uh, that is P as in Paul, P as in Paul, R as in Robert, S as in Sam, us.com, P-P-R-S-U-S.com. If you have any questions or you want to search the website, please feel free. And you can drop me an email straight, straight through the website. I hope you all have a great day and thank you for listening.